that I attempt to write about the pastimes and qualities of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Whether I know or not, it is for self-purification that I write this book. Malakara Swayam Krishna Prema Marataru Swayam Data Bhokta Tatfalanam Yastan Chaitanyam Asraye. I take the shelter of this I take shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who himself is the tree of the transcendental love of Krishna, its gardener, and also the bestower and enjoyer of its fruits. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna describes in many different places that of all the yogas, the yoga of love and devotion to him is the best. But that is actually the most direct, the most powerful. Other processes are more difficult, process of uh, impersonal. Conception of absolute truth is uh, filled with difficulties. So many uh, pandits say see that. In fact, even uh, many of the uh, impersonalist uh, yogis who have preached here in the West also admit that bhakti is uh, definitely the best process. But then to actually have that uh, love or devotion for the Lord it's sometimes very difficult. It doesn't just uh, appear uh, for everyone. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his specialty is that by someone practicing his process, then naturally the dormant love in our heart for Krishna, for the Supreme Absolute Truth, that awakens. So he was thinking, Prabhu Kohe Ami Vishwambar Namadhuri Nam Sartra Kwayajuri Preme Bishabhuri. Lord Chaitanya thought, My name is Visumbara, one who maintains the entire universe. Its meaning will be actualized if I can fill the whole universe with love of Godhead. Atra Chinti Laila Prabhu Malakara Dharma Nobudipri Aramila Falotana Karma. Thinking in this way, he accepted the duty of a planter and began to grow a garden in Navadweep. Today I met, uh, it was what, was it Melanie or? Michaela. 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 Yeah. She was doing the gardening in the temple. <laughs> so. Lord Chaitanya, he wanted to become a, the gardener, but this was not uh, material trees, but this was to sow the, a spiritual tree. So this, using that analogy of a spiritual tree, this whole chapter 9 of Adi Lila explains that how the root of the tree is Madhavendrapuri, and uh, then it comes uh, to Ishwarapuri, who is his disciple that Lord Chaitanya took initiation from, and then uh, 
there are many other uh, senior sannyasis, so they're also like subsidiary roots. And above the roots, of course, the tree grew. So the tree, Lord Chaitanya was the main trunk, and then from him out came many uh, branch uh, branches, main, main branches and then subsidiary branches. So, so thus the branches of the Chaitanya tree form a cluster or society with great branches covering all the universe. So Prabhupada says in the purport that our International Society for Krishna Consciousness is one of the branches of the Chaitanya tree. So every branch there are many hundreds of sub-branches. Nobody can count how many branches there are. So then it's described how Advaita is one main uh, branch and Nityananda. So the disciples and grand disciples and their admirers spread throughout the entire world. It's not possible to enumerate them all. So Lord Chaitanya was the original trunk. Now the, the uh, fruit of this tree, very sweet and nectarian. And Lord Chaitanya was distributing the fruits without asking any price. And if you were to ask for a price for the fruit he was giving, then it describes here, Tri Jagati Jato Achi Dhana Ratnamani all the wealth in the three worlds cannot equal the value of one such nectarian fruit of devotional service. So if you put a price tag on it, <laughs> nobody could buy it. <laughs> so he was giving it freely. And uh, some people were asking for it, and even some people didn't ask for it. Some people were fit to get it, and some people weren't fit un were, were unfit to receive it. But anyway, Lord Chaitanya was distributing to everyone. That's his special mercy. Normally to make some spiritual progress, you have to be very qualified. But in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement, being unqualified is also a qualification. <laughs> some of the great uh, acharyas, they pray to Lord Chaitanya that I am the most unqualified since you are the most merciful, you should deliver me first, <laughs> to prove the point. <laughs> so, in that way, Lord Chaitanya is something very special. And also the fact that there are, there are of course, many uh, great spiritualists in the history of mankind who uh, deliver their followers. But if you don't accept them first, usually you don't get delivered. So everybody tells you you must accept, you must believe, you must change, you must convert, or something like that. But here there's no such restriction. You don't have to change, you don't have to, even you don't have to believe. If you just have another practice, do, or you just come in contact with Lord Chaitanya and this movement, still you get the mercy. Some of them may not believe that, that this particular food tastes good, but then, you know, if they try it, then they thought it tastes good. So the belief may come later. I met, I met uh, 
I was in uh, Hyderabad one time, and uh, in India, people they come up to you and ask you philosophical questions. Quite, and this doesn't happen here in America. But somebody walked up to me, and, and just right, I'm standing outside the general post office waiting for a friend went to mail a letter, and somebody came up to me and said, "Every religion says you must have blind faith. Is there no religion that you can practice even without any faith?" <laughs> so I was thinking about that one. <laughs> then, uh, of course, I remembered how in the story of Almiki, when he was uh, he was a thief, and Narada Muni met him. And that time, uh, Narada Muni told him to chant the names of God. Once he, he realized that he needed to change himself, and. Uh, But he said, that's out of the question. I mean, I, I'm an unholy person. I never do that kind of thing. I can't chant something like that. So then uh, Narada Muni gave him, okay, then you just chant, uh, and you chant uh, murder, murder, kill, cut, you know, strike, beat, murder, you know, in uh, Sanskrit. Well, that I can do. That's, easy. That's what I've been doing all my life. <laughs> in Sanskrit for, for hitting somebody or for killing them or what is called Mara. So then he was chanting Mara, 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 and by chanting Mara, 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 again and again after the first syllable came out, Ram, Ram, Ram. <laughs> but in his mind he was thinking something totally different. He was thinking, you know, took a long time, took longer. But it worked, and eventually he got completely purified just by the vibration. So the names were so powerful that even though he was chanting with a totally different mentality, he was chanting it all accidentally because it just happened that when you chanted Mara 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 in sequence, it came it came out Rama Rama Rama. But that was enough to change his heart and purify him. And like that, uh, Lord Chaitanya is uh, saying in uh, a song in Bengali, Papi tapi jato chilo hari nama udare lo, tarasaki jagai madaire. That all of the sinful people, whoever was there, sinners, offenders, they're all delivered by Vitai uh, and Goranga. And the proof for that is jagai and madai. Who were really bad personalities, very cruel people. But they also finally got a change of heart by Lord Chaitanya. So, <clears throat> like this, a lot of different uh, miraculous uh, changes. It's like sometimes, I remember when I was a uh, I don't know, they probably don't have, I haven't watched TV for about 20, 30 years, except for now occasionally I go to somebody's house, I see, uh, uh, what's it called? CNN or something. But uh, when I was uh, a kid, they had this one show, something about the millionaire, and this guy write a check, and he and he, he would just walk up, and uh, somebody knock on their door and hand them a check for a million dollars. And that was like, that was his thing, he just liked to do that, you know. So then the person, how they would, the show would be how they reacted to getting a million dollars. 
that's part of the Supreme Lord also, that he has this uh, uh, one aspect and we just like to give everybody the mercy. You know, it's like, without considering, okay, you deserve it, you don't, it's, it's free for everybody. It's like, uh, it's free on the house, you know, everybody, everybody take it. And that's the special thing about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that uh, everybody has them, uh, there's nobody who is restricted, anybody can get their mercy. But of course, some of the persons maybe get more. Uh, well, there's a one pastime. Why this is, there's a background for that. You see, one, uh, there was one person who actually paid for Lord Chaitanya to come. His name is Advaita Acharya. He's in the Panchatattva picture. I don't know if you have a Panchatattva uh, picture here. Don't see one. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so he's on, the, on uh, your left. Point him out. Point him out. He's older than Lord Chaitanya. Invite clothes with beers. He invited uh, Lord Chaitanya to come into the world because uh, he felt himself incapable to give everybody this love for God. And he wanted the Lord himself to come. So he did a, in a place called Shantipur. We go there every year with about two, three thousand devotees, and we feed 30, 40,000 people of free prasadam. Just in the festival of Gaur Purnima, about three, four days before the anniversary of Lord Chaitanya's coming. Anybody been to Shantipur? Nice festival? <laughs> Thank you for helping. <laughs> There's a lot of work to feed that many people. <laughs> so all the devotees take buckets and leave plates and help the people sit down and serve out to them. There's another thing. But at that place uh, is the place where 500 years ago, Advaita Acharya, he had fasted. He had prayed for Lord Chaitanya to come. He had worshipped his Shaligram Shila with Tulsi and Ganges water, the special deity of Krishna, the self-manifested deity from the Himalayas in the form of uh, an engraved stone, naturally self-manifested engraved stone. And then uh, what else he did? He cried loudly for the Lord, prayed, fasted. So this way, somehow he got the confirmation that Lord Sadaka is coming. I'll descend. But his, uh, he came, descended as his own devotee. Because he had also promised in the previous yuga that he would come again, but as a devotee. Because uh, there was also some exchange between uh, his, his uh, Krishna and his queen uh, Rukmini. When he arrived in Rukmini's house, palace, and there was a big reception, music playing, and there was uh, mantras being chanted by so many uh, Vedic uh, Brahmanas. Very formal reception to Krishna. All the children came and hugged Krishna. Then Rukmini took Krishna to the private quarters and sat him down. And then she 
bathe his lotus feet. It's customary when uh, <clears throat> great personality comes to the house or spiritual master or what to speak of Krishna, Supreme Personality Godhead. So he bathed his uh, feet. And so she did that. And uh, at the same time, course, she's the consort of Krishna. She's uh, his queen. And uh, when she was doing that, she took Krishna's lotus feet and put them over her heart. And she just was looking at Krishna and she started crying. Tears were pouring down her face. And Krishna it was like reception. Why was she crying? What's the problem? <laughs> she's not, usually it's all happy, you know, but she's crying. So it was quite, and Krishna started to guess, well, what's making you cry? Did you have some you know, argument with the kids today? They're being, you know, <laughs> rebellious or the servant wasn't listening to you or something. You know, she's just started proposing different reasons why she might be crying. And she kind of looked at him incredulously and said, Krishna, you know everything. You're the Supreme Lord. You know what Brahma is doing in Satyaloka. You know what Shiva is doing in Kailash. You know what's going on every nook and corner of the universe. Is this the only thing you don't know? <laughs> you don't know what we devotees feel for you? <laughs> okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Nobody ever told Krishna like something. I know Radharani knows what I'm feeling. But it seems you don't know. And uh, what do you mean? I mean, no, 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 he was like, you know. So then there was a little bit of probing there, and then finally she said, well, you see, I've been waiting for you to come back to the palace here. I've been. You're the my my life and soul. I love you so much, and and now you're here. But then I know that well, you're here for now. But then any time you know you're always going off and doing other things. You you never stay one place permanently. So just thinking that you're going to leave me again, I, I can't help but cry. So like Rukmini had such an intense love, even when she's meeting Krishna, she's feeling separation. It's kind of unusual. That's like really, that's her specialty, that she has such an intense love that she feels separation even in reunion. Which is very few that have that kind of uh, intensity. I think maybe she's the only one, apart from Radharani. Just at that moment, then Narada Muni happens to fly through the window. <laughs> and uh, so Krishna felt, okay, I'm saved, you know. This is, he'd already picked up Rukmini, put her on his lap, or next by his side, was wiping away his beard. No, no, I won't leave you. Why do you say like that? <laughs> Trying to comfort her. And then Narada Muni came in. So then uh, they both got up, put Narada Muni on the Guru's seat. Then they were bathing Narada Muni's feet. <laughs> And Rukmini was fanning and pouring the water and fanning, and then uh, Krishna was uh, putting. Because Krishna, although he's Supreme Lord, he's playing the part as a king when he's here. He's, he's has what they call pastimes. He takes like an actor a particular role. So when he's on the planet, he plays uh, sometimes as a coward boy, sometimes as a king in Dwarka. And Narada Muni is uh, his uh, guru. Then he sees that Narada Muni is also like agitated. He said, you're always peaceful. You I mean, you're always peaceful. I've never seen you agitated. Why are you agitated today? Like, what a day. <laughs> my wife's crying, my, my uh, guru's uh, agitated. Uh, uh, what's going on? You know? And uh, so 
So Narada Muni tells them, you see, my Lord, I just went around the world and I see that things are getting from, you know, getting worse. And the people becoming more materialistic, where before people were automatically, spontaneously, uh, uh, spiritually minded. Now they're spontaneously becoming more and more materialistic. More attracted to material sense gratification, less attracted to the spiritual life. <coughs> so I take that as a symptom that you're going to leave soon. Just like now the sun, it's still light out, right? But it's, it's the sun's force is no longer there because it's about to set. So just before Krishna leaves, gradually he's like withdraws his influence from the universe. Otherwise, while he's there at the prime, then his influence is very powerful and people are much more spiritual. But now he's just about to leave the world, so it's like the sun just about to set. So the influence was diminished. So Narad Muni took this as a symptom. Like Krishna's going to leave, so then he said, if you're going to leave, what's going to happen to all these people in the material world? In the, in the, that uh, Kali Yuga, I don't know who this is, Kali Yuga is going to begin. And uh, they're going to become really materialistic and uh, mean-minded. And uh, how are they going to get back to you? How are they going to get spiritually uh, delivered? That was his concern. So then uh, Krishna said, all right. Well, he took it as a challenge. Okay, I'm going to come back in the next age. But this time I'll come back as a, not as a Lord, but I'll come back as a devotee. So that way I'll understand what the devotees feel for me. I'll play the role of a devotee and I'll experience it from the angle of a devotee. And while I'm here, I'll be as a guru and I will distribute freely this uh, devotion for me to everyone. So that was his uh, prediction that he'd come back. So, but Dvaita Acharya, but then he wasn't coming, you know, so Dvaita Acharya kept calling that he should come, so then he finally came. <coughs> but he never told the Dvaita Acharya that it's me, because he came as a devotee, it wasn't uh, maybe a Dvaita Acharya knew in his heart, but uh, it was never confirmed. So one day, Lord Chaitanya went to see Advaita Acharya. No, how did it go? Uh, no, actually it was Srivas's brother went to Sri Advaita Acharya. Lord Chaitanya sent Srivasa's brother Ramdas and told him, you tell Adwaitacharya, that Lord for whom he did tapasya and chanting and fasting and, and crying and, and everything, that Lord is here now. So you come and uh, tell him to come. So Ramdas went to his house and Adwaitacharya was doing puja to his uh, deity, Shaligrams. And as soon as uh, Ramdas came in, he paid the basis, and then Advaita jumped up and started walking back and forth in the courtyard. How do I know it's true? Many people know that I did this prayer for the Lord to descend. What if some, what if he's an imposter? How do I know it's him? But Ramdas hadn't said a word. <laughs> so he knew, well, Advaita is quite, you know, mystical and accepted, so he just sat there. And then, then Advaita sat down and said, yes, uh, what has brought you here? 
He said, well, that Lord for whom you have prayed for and cried out loudly his holy names and worshipped Krishna for it and everything for him to come, he's here now. And he wants you to come. Then Advaita just jumped up and actually, Haribo! Haribo! I brought him! I brought him! He's come! Haribo! Haribo! He was really rejoiced. Then suddenly got a mood shift again. Then he said, wait a minute. But how do I know it's him? <laughs> <laughs> What's the proof? You tell him I'm not going. <laughs> you tell him I'm not going. What I'm going to do is hide in a nearby village. And if he's really my Lord, then he'll call me. He'll know that I'm there, even though he can't see me. And I'll go and I'll pay my obeisances to him. And if he's really my Lord, he'll put his Lord's foot on my head. And if he's really my Lord, then when I look up, I'm going to see, not anything which I'm going to see him in his full glory. I'm going to see his transcendental form beyond the three modes of material nature. Meanwhile, his, his wife, Sita Takarani, came with an RT trade. She said, what's that for? Well, in case he's the Lord. <laughs> you have to worship him, right? <laughs> Expert wife. <laughs> so, they both went and, and then they told, so Ramdas went back to tell Lord Chaitanya the message that he's not coming. And then meanwhile, they had gone inside the village. But as soon as Ramdas came, then, uh, then uh, Lord Chaitanya, he, uh, he just ignored Ramdas. He said, Narai, Narai, Adai Tegasai, come on, come out. I know you're hiding in the village, come on. And then uh, he called out Adwaita, who came with his wife following with the RT train. Then he offered his obeisances, and Lord Chaitanya came over and put his lotus foot on his head. When Advaita Chai looked up, he could see Lord Chaitanya in so much effulgence, so much Brahma Jyoti coming from his form, that the entire universe was uh, nothing in the material world was visible anymore, just Lord Chaitanya and Nityananda and the associates. Everything else was, was no longer visible in that spiritual effulgence virtual light. So then Advaita started offering arati and said he offered arati for 21 hours non-stop. And many things happened. That was called the Mahaprakash. When we do the arati in the evening, Kibar Jayo Jayo, some of you have been at evening arati in the temple. That song commemorates that arati <coughs> where various uh, uh, celestial beings came and attended the arati where different Associates were there. Many different amazing things happened during that time. So it was a universal celebration. And this only once or twice that Lord Chaitanya actually was in a mood like that as the Lord. Otherwise, always he kept the mood as devotee. But just to confirm to Advaita that, uh, okay, I did come. He revealed this one in a one other, one or twice other short time. Not so long there was such a... Revelation. So, Lord Chaitanya is in this mood as a devotee. It's very difficult for people to understand Krishna. Krishna is already uh, a very esoteric figure because uh, 
how the Supreme Lord comes down into the earth and how he is uh, mixing with the uh, people. It's also very difficult for many people to understand. Of course, if you have a basic understanding that the God is omnipotent, why well, he can't come? Well, you can say, you can't come here. You know, he said, you can come anywhere he wants. But uh, the fact that he can come and that he can, and what his qualities are, this is something which has specifically been revealed in the Vedas and in the Bhagavad Puranas and the uh, Bhagavad Puranas and the other Puranas. Specifically, that's what's called avatar, that the Lord can descend. Prabhupada explained that uh, Hare Krishna. Just like if the governor wants to go to the prison house and check things out, he can do it. If he wants to pardon somebody from the, I don't know if they have the death sentence in this uh, capital punishment, this state or not, but it, he wants to, he can pardon somebody that he has that uh, right according to the constitution of most states. And uh, it doesn't mean that he goes to the prison house, he's a prisoner. If he goes to visit and see, maybe that's what was needed in Iraq, that somebody high up would go and see really what was going on there. But anyway, so Krishna comes. Sometimes, or other times, his expansions come, and they. Uh, this material world is considered like a prison house, and the liberated world is the spiritual world, which is beyond this material world. This material world is a small fraction of the total existence. The Vedas call it ekapada vibhuti, or one fourth energy. The three fourths energy is the spiritual world. So we here, we are residing in this uh, material prison house. And uh, it's, a, it's a kind of, uh, you know, they have these kind of uh, different degrees of uh, what they call high security prisons and low security. And so this is, this is the kind of prison where we're on this planet. And we're actually the prison house, we're given this body. This body is our, we serve the different terms and different bodies and according to our karmas. We get a new body after this body is over. And so we can gradually evolve through the, through the transmigration of the soul to higher and higher levels until at some point in the human form of uh, life and the higher species of human existence, even on other higher planets, we can get back to Godhead. And that's what the process of self-realization or yoga is actually all about. But most of those processes uh, take many births, or they're very uh, lengthy, or very tedious, or very difficult. The Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is given a different uh, direct approach. Well, why are we here in the first place? Because we <coughs> don't have a proper service attitude to the Lord. We're kind of rebellious, and so we're here for that, for one reason or another, and that if we get to the root problem and actually develop a positive attitude towards the Supreme Personality of Godhead and start to serve Him and develop a, a love for Him, then there's no reason for us to be here. We get transferred right away. There's no, there's no reason for us to continue being here. So Lord Chaitanya's process takes people immediately back to the spiritual worlds. 
very quickly. And this process is not some that he's just giving, but it's mentioned in the Vedas, it's mentioned in, uh, in the different Puranas, it's, it's, it's mentioned. But uh, somehow a few great souls, like in South India, have uh, the Alwars, or there's uh, different great devotees who have uh, practiced the Bhakti Yoga. And, uh, History, like you have, of course, the Puranic history, you have the Prahlad, you have Dhruva, you have uh, Ambarish. There are many great uh, souls uh, practiced, and uh, the Pandavas, and they've all achieved success. But it's been usually the really great kings, or some great, uh, really spiritual kings, not like materialistic, you know, or some great uh, mystics who have achieved it. But Lord Chaitanya is like opening this, he's, he's the storehouse of love of God and he's opening it for everybody, he's distributing all the, the wealth of the storehouse of love of God. So I think also just an example, like if somebody has a big orchard, what do they grow in Idaho? Are there orchards here? Yeah, they do. What kind of fruit? Peaches and cherries and apricots. Apricots. Apples. Okay. Not mangoes. You can actually get a fruit here that's not shipped over a thousand miles. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty hard. Anything in season now? <laughs> so, uh, say somebody has a big orchard and decides, I want to distribute this all freely. Then, you know, if he didn't do it just manually himself, it would be a big uh, hassle. It would be very difficult. How, how, so Lord Chaitanya said, if I have to do it all myself, it's going to be, I want, somebody may get, somebody may not get. It's going to be very tedious. So I want every human being that to become enlightened. They should also help me. And uh, help me distribute this fruit of love of God to everyone. So that's uh, the external part of his uh, mission. Internal part is to go into what is the devotee's feeling for me. Which uh, is the other in, in a, in confidential internal aspect. So we can't do much to help the Lord in that regard. That's his own uh, experimentation. But we can help in uh, distributing this uh, love for Krishna to everyone. So that's what we try to do: is to give people. And, and what's remarkable is that if anybody, even for a short time, Chants uh, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, The first after invoking the names of Lord Chaitanya, specifically Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda, Sri Dhyananda, they very quickly find that uh, some remarkable changes happen in their consciousness. They start to become more spiritually oriented just naturally, like an internal chemistry change. We start to see things as they are from a spiritual perspective, where before we've just been conditioned to see things as we've been conditioned. So that's the, uh, this is uh, also some of the great uh, spiritual authorities. They comment that this age of Kali is known as the most materialistic age. But uh, because of these opportunities to become spiritually advanced so easily, simply by chanting the names of Krishna, then it's actually like the best age. 
in their opinion, because, you know, it's, because uh, it's like uh, sometimes they have these liquidation sales. We're talking about liquidation, and uh, they sell, you know, hundred and what, seventy percent off, eighty percent off, or something. So this is like that. It's such a it's it's, it's a buyer's market. It's a there's no there's, people aren't in the in the market for even buying this uh, product right now. It's so materialism is expanding or expanded so much. If anybody makes a little bit of effort to chant Hare Krishna to get it, then they can immediately uh, get this unlimited mercy. Where other ages, it's very difficult. I mean, if you practice uh, Astanga Yoga. You had to do meditation and learn how to do all the asanas, the hatha yoga, and it takes a long time. When Prakshit Maharaj was, was about to uh, leave the world, and he called all the spiritual authorities in the universe, and he asked all of them, I have seven days to live. Tell me how I can definitely achieve perfection in these seven days. What is the duty of someone who's about to leave so that I can achieve all the perfection for me and for them in the future for everyone? But he had the authorities on Hatha Yoga, he had the authorities on Jnana, he had the authorities on Karma Yoga, he had all these uh, great authorities. But seven days, you know, was it like uh, nobody could guarantee that in seven days. I mean, you can't even learn you know, half the yoga science in <laughs> seven years, when you speak of seven days. So, I mean, it's... Uh, and uh, Jnana takes you know, to study scripture for a long time before you just keep on studying and... It's a very philosophical just attempt. So it was very difficult. For, none of them could give a guarantee. So it was like everybody was speechless on what to do in this case, the seven days. And then Sukadeva Goswami, the son of Vyasadeva, he appeared. And he had already heard from Vyasadeva the Srimad Bhagavatam, the science of Sri Krishna. And he said seven days is no problem. There was a great... Uh, king called Kadvanga Maharaj, and he was given 45 minutes to live. And he achieved uh, perfection in 45 minutes. So seven days is not a problem. We can definitely uh, guarantee you get back to Godhead. But you had to fully hear and chant the message of Krishna. So then he just uh, sat there and he repeated the Bhagavatam for seven days and seven nights, and uh, Pariksit just fasted and uh, nonstop heard. And that's what we have is the Bhagavad Purana. <clears throat> so, and the Prakshat Maharaj, see, he got back to Godhead. Where well, most of us wouldn't be able to sit for seven days and nights without eating and sleeping. But, uh, <clears throat> under those circumstances, he did. And uh, you don't have to do that. But just by uh, a regular practice, of chanting and hearing. This is a process for this age. There's a, there's a sloka in the uh, verse in the Srimad Bhagavatam. It says, Kalo doshe nidhi rajan. That the Kali Yuga is an ocean of defects. Hasti heka mahat guna. But it has one overriding good quality. Kirtanat eva krishnasya. By singing the names and the glories of Krishna, Mukta Sangha, you are liberated from the material conditioning and association, Parang Vajet, and you achieve the supreme destination, the supreme abode. 
So we normally it would take, you know, so long to get back to Godhead. Now it can be happen very quickly, just by this simple process. So it's not that you know, we created this process or something. We just, it's been revealed to us by these great spiritual masters, by Lord Chaitanya, that this is the, the secret process given in the Vedas, which uh, with for actually shortcutting, going right back to Godhead and becoming very uh, spiritualized. Now, you know, it's like you probably, you can, if you want to go to some Denver, so you can drive there, or you can take a plane. You know, it's like there's different options. So this just happens to be the jet route. So nowadays, most people, because we don't know how long we're going to live, and we don't have so much energy, we prefer to take the jet. But maybe in a jet, it's not a great, it's a very mundane example, because jets crash sometimes. You know, but this, this plane doesn't uh, crash, push the promise instead. Whatever you do, for, uh, for me, whatever you do good, you never get a bad result. There's no loss or diminution, even if you don't make it, even if you don't complete it. You're still going to be much better off than if someone hadn't tried at all. So Lord Chaitanya, that he was in this uh, very special mood. And that's uh, kind of described here in Chaitanya Amida. I live in uh, Mayapur down, which is where Lord Chaitanya appeared 518 years ago. Every year at Gorpurnima time, that's, uh, he appeared on a full moon day. And that full moon day is called Gora Purnima. Gora is the name of Lord Chaitanya. So in that particular Purnima, or full moon day, which falls in the end of February, beginning, uh, or sometime during March usually, sometime it comes at the end of February, or usually sometime in March. That's, we have a very big celebration. And that's where some of our devotees went this year because the Lord Chaitanya's uh, life-size deities were installed in Maya for the Panchatattva. How many were there this year? See, uh, one, two, three, four, five. You probably heard about that festival from them. So when they were there, I took, uh, I take the devotees for the past 30 years. I've been taking them walking on a parikrama, which is a circumambulation of the uh, holy land of uh, Navadvip Dam. Just like Brindavan Dam has a certain circumference, a certain area. So also Mayapur, so where the Lord appears, that actually that part of the world is uh, under the spirit protection of the spiritual energy. Just like uh, if you have a consulate or an embassy, some other country, technically it's under international law, it's under that country. Like sometimes uh, some Chinese would run into the American embassy in Beijing before, you know, and not so much anymore, but they used to do that, you know, when it was really more repressive than... <clears throat> then they just take asylum and then uh, they were officially in America. So then the Chinese would keep the people from running in. That was going on also in... Uh, before when there was the Iron Curtain. So that's, this Holy Dam is like an embassy of the spiritual world. You go there and you're under the spiritual protection. And especially for the devotees. Of course, people, just mundane people come and visit, they may or may not be able to experience 
most people with a little bit of spiritual uh, orientation, they can immediately feel the difference of vibration, difference of uh, spiritual energy. It's very easy to chant Hare Krishna there. It's very easy to uh, to study the shastras. Many different, many so many. This year there was about how many? Ten thousand devotees. Like here, somebody wears. Um, this uh, tea lock on their forehead, probably, you know, then everybody stares at them and wonders what they're doing. There, if you don't have tea lock, everybody stares at you, like, where are you? <laughs> so it's uh, interesting. We had 2,000 alone from Russia this year, and people from all over the world. So it was a wonderful experience. Are, are you going to do this uh, kind of uh, bathing ceremony every year at this moment without her? We're thinking about it, but yeah, for sure we're going to do it next year. We don't know if we'll do it every year, but uh, we're considering because it was such a success. Yeah, so nice. So this next year for Prabhupada's 108th anniversary, his 108th anniversary of his appearance is coming in this year, 2004. Uh, yes, puja, so that will continue over until 2005, Five. yes, puja, so the next Gaurapuni will be a, a massive, like, family reunion, excuse me, of all the Prabhupada's followers. So we're inviting everybody to come. So there will be another massive, uh, we're expecting maybe 500 uh, Prabhupada disciples. And they'll come and meet their old god-brothers and god-sisters and Oh, but they're all expecting, you know, so many grand disciples also to attend. Let's see how that. So for that occasion, we also want to do another Abhishek and Panchatantra, then have five days of Prabhupada remembrances, and then the Navadu Parikrama. So why was why was that the Parikrama? That's when the, some devotees from Boise said you should come to Boise. <laughs> And I heard a lot because I work in India with, uh, I'm responsible to oversee South India and East India. Where Gopal Krishna he sees West India and North India. Now we have many other zonal secretaries, but still we're the, you know, the original ones that have been there for so many years. And they're gradually were delegating a lot of the authority to others. But We've been working together and uh, for a long time. He also mentioned to me that he had some disciples in Boise in his temple. And then I was uh, in South America. I worked with Hanuman Prasaka Maharaj, who's, uh, we were just together in Peru. We did a program at the local uh, school there that he's uh, funding and helping. So I think so. I think uh, Ananta Rupa's uh, son was just arriving after, as I was leaving. So it was advertised that he was kind of a child prodigal, PhD at an early age, and he was going to do some seminars at different universities there. Krishna Maharaj kind of likes this university preaching on an academic level. She also mentioned uh, something about boys. So I'd like uh, I was to get any indications that okay, but plus I'm the I'm the minister for congregational development in Iskand. So apart from all the other things I do, I'm trying to promote that people should practice from their homes. The Lord Chaitanya's mercy is for everybody, not just people living in temples. There are very few people who live in a temple. So it's mainly for people that make their home into a temple. So when I heard that this is a, a basically congregational community, I also thought that as the minister of congregation development, I should come and check it out and uh, see firsthand. 
But on top of that, of course, my uh, disciple, Alita Nalini, has been very enthusiastic and she made all the arrangements. Reminding the Nanchanka, coordinating with uh, <laughs> So here I am. <laughs> Many people can't figure out what I'm doing here. It's <laughs> <laughs> so a mystical thing. <laughs> but this year I'm on a special uh, program that I'm trying to concentrate in my designated areas. Of, I have a huge area. I have Latin America and uh, and uh, India, Southeast Asia, Middle East, uh, Persian Gulf area. In Southern Asia, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, and Nepal. So I actually have quite a big area to already visit. And uh, so I'm supposed to give 10 months of the year as a special yagya this year in that area. It doesn't leave me too much time to go other places. So that's why I, I would like to spend, you know, two, three, four days here, but it's really not fit into the overall budget of time. But I'm very glad to be here and um, share these uh, moments with you. Every year at Gorpurnima, after the festival is over, I take a group of devotees on pilgrimage around India to different places. Sometimes we go rent uh, boats and we go on uh, launches, uh, houseboats on the Ganges for 10, 15 days and we visit the holy places alongside the Ganges River. Last year we went down from uh, Mayapur to the confluence of the Ganges in the ocean. I went to the Sundarbon forest and, and saw the crocodile project as a side trip. You know. Other than that, it was all spiritual. That was a, anyway, so, <laughs> ecological also. <laughs> and uh, they went to Jagannathpuri. So this uh, this year, I had a different idea because it was the, it's the uh, in the Vedic calendar, Every year gets 10 days shorter, and after three years, you get an extra month. So this year comes the leap month. But this year, in the month of March, it was very early. So it's a good time to go to South India, because it's cooler. <laughs> South India is a bit hotter. So the later it gets, like in April or something, it's really <laughs> 45 degrees centigrade, or it's 120 or something. So this time, it was like a nice, cool 33 centigrade, which is one of 85, 86 Fahrenheit, and a nice cool. <laughs> <laughs> Relatively speaking, I was seeing in the weather chart somewhere how it was like right now, it's a heat wave in India, 45 degrees centigrade, it was like, I can't remember, it's like 130 or something in some places. So it's, this is a good time to go. It was maybe 80, 85 Fahrenheit. So we took the devotees and went to a tour of Andhra Pradesh. Anybody here from Andhra Pradesh? A few devotees. We went to, so I don't know, I, I, I do have a, if you, while you're taking your, I know you're all working, so, but if you want, I could set up, I have a little yes. computer projector and put on the wall here and show you. While little, taking prasadam. While you're taking your meal, show you, we visited the, mainly in, the, in Andhra Pradesh, they have Mashinga temples. Of course, we also visited Balaji too, but temple, which is uh, very the most famous temple in India, probably. And then <coughs> we also went to Jagannathpuri at the end. Anybody like to see that? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So 
This is some of the background of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement. And we hope that all of you get the mercy of Lord Chaitanya. It's there just, just if you want it, you can have it. It's like, uh, some, I read some advertisement, sale, 100% reduction. But it's like, this is a 100% reduction. Just, if you want it, you can have it. Sometimes they say, okay, it's free, but you got to pay, what is it called, postage and handling. <laughs> but yeah, but there's no strings, you know. Anybody has any questions? Any doubts? <laughs> I have a comment, and I'm, I'm very glad that I, I came because um, when I came back, my students asked me a lot, a lot of questions and I didn't have the answer. But the only thing I say to them, okay, I'm going to teach you something that I learned because it was in Hindi and so many languages. And I, I say, well, you have to sit and, and close your eyes. And I start chanting Hare Krishna. And uh, so after that, they say, can you write it down? And they make copies. And they say, can we start the class every time chanting? And I say, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, since then, um, we, I have Jewish. Jewish, uh, Christians, all kind of, all religions, but we sat, and um, this is just one class, and this is only eight students, they play cello and violin, so they come after that to, with me, and we sat and we chant for three, five, sometimes ten minutes, and they really enjoy that, and now that I know that they're blessed just because Tomorrow I have class with them. I'm going to tell everybody. <laughs> so it's, a, it's very nice to know that. Yeah, yeah. Even somebody listens without chanting, they also get the subscription. Are you a music teacher? No, no, no. I, I teach languages to them, but they go. My students break in two and all the band go in one group and then all the strings go. So I can, I wait like a circle, I take the students. So that's why it's so small, eight people in one class. What's your name? Gisela. Gisela. You have a spiritual name? No, I don't. <laughs> you know, in your name, Gisa, Gisela. Gisa is also a short abbreviation for Krishna. Uh -huh. Arriba. Like that's what we say, Isman. Yisala. So when that is, Isala, Isis, you mean Krishna. So now I have one. So Lama Bas, like some, you know, unexpected name, accidental. We didn't name it. Any other kind of question or comment? What was your experience and uh, those who went to my airport? Thank you for watching our videos. Be sure to subscribe to our channel. We publish new videos every day. And don't forget to like and share our channel.